This is the USACE eight, eight Minutes with an Army Aviation Subject Matter Expert. Let's fly with the topic, Emergency Response Methodology. I'm Major General Dave Francis, Commanding General of the Army Aviation Center of Excellence in Fort Rucker. CW5, Mike Lewis, the Command Chief Warrant Officer for the Aviation Branch. What drove the need for changing emergency response methodology? Since the beginning of Army Aviation, and particularly since Vietnam, we have not significantly changed the way we execute emergency procedures in Army Aviation. We've been relying on rote memory and having to execute underlying steps by rote memory. And what we have found is that our aircraft have become more complex and the amount of of those underlying steps increase that under duress, uh, our crews were not being able to identify the correct emergency procedure or apply the, the correct emergency procedure to deal with a problem. And so as our aircraft have advanced and become more complex, they've also become uh, better at telling us what's wrong with it. And so as we prepare to uh, lower our uh, flight profile as we look to large-scale combat operations, it was essential that we have a better way with dealing emergency procedures in context of, uh, of how they're happening. And so uh, vice going to this rope memorization process that, that, has, that has caused us to fly perfectly good aircraft into the ground, uh, we took a step back and, and developed this procedure and this methodology to help us better react to emergencies and focus on flying the aircraft and correctly identifying the emergency procedure at hand. What will this change about Army Aviation? First thing we're going to be able to do is slow down in the cockpit with the uh, the redundant systems, dual pilot versus the single pilot. We have the opportunity to slow down and actually fly the aircraft before we start reacting to an emergency. And what that's going to enable us to do is is do better at aircrew coordination. So when we slow things down, we focus on keeping the aircraft in the air and allowing our crews to operate in, in the way they are trained and the way that our aircraft are built to handle these emergencies is going to be significantly improved. And we've already seen that uh, pan out as we've instituted this across the Army starting last May. This was implemented in two phases. What were the phases and where do we stand with those phases now? Well, we had two phases. Uh, phase one is when we updated the shared rotary wing task 1070, and that is you know react to emergency procedures. That was for all MDSs across the board. And then we implemented the FADEC-F. And the FADEC-F is fly the aircraft, alert the crew, diagnose the emergency, execute and communicate, and then continue to fly the aircraft. And in phase two, uh, we came up with the tools. So that was the methodology. Then we came up with the tools for uh, phase two. Phase two were the FRCs, the flight reference cards. And what we had was the book one and the book two. And and what I would say is that, the, you know, the, we, we extensively tested this thing. This has been, uh, other nations have been, done, been doing this methodology. Uh, the civilian airlines have been executing this methodology for some time. And uh, we, we're, we are in the process of, of doing that uh, across the Army right now. And, and you know, what I think uh, is going to be uh, very, very successful for us is the ability to, like uh, Mike said, slow down the crews, be able to fly the aircraft, execute good crew coordination, identify the correct emergency, execute the correct emergency procedure, and continue to fly that aircraft. And that's going to be essential as we lower our flight profiles. What feedback have we received on this change? Everything's been positive so far. Uh, We have our uh, director of evaluation standardization. They go out, they get feedback uh, on the emergency uh, response methodology. And so far, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, Some of the quotes that we have are, uh, it's been a long time coming. 
Uh, this turns a technique into a standard. Another one we heard was, uh, that's the way we've done it for years, but our air crews and instructors have less experience now, so this gives them a tool to, to get to where we've been. And uh, the other one is, uh, this culture shift will save lives. And I, and I would add to that that, you know, I got a, a comment from an old Army aviator from the Vietnam era that said, I thought we always did it this way. Uh, and, and another quote that said, well, this is the way the good guys have always been doing it. We're just writing it down now. So, so the most effective instructors have intuitively been doing this. We've now documented it, and it is part of the standard that you'll be trained at from flight school throughout the rest of your career. And it is implemented across the Army as we speak, across the active component, the National Guard and reserves. Is this change to ERM a part of a larger effort? Absolutely. So this is just one of the many steps that Army Aviation is going through to transition our force from a counterinsurgency type operation where we have been, we've had the ability to fly at 1,500 to 2,000 feet uh, in relatively uncontested uh, arenas from, a, from an air dominance point of view. We know that our future threats are going to require us to fly lower, which is and, and the ability to correctly perform emergency procedures at lower altitude where you have less time, airspeed and altitude to deal with problems uh, is going to be apparent. So the accidental risk increases when you fly lower. But this is going to help us to prepare to do that. In addition to that, this is part of a larger effort to train aviation to fight in large-scale combat operations. And so we have our terrain flight training support package out there, our RF training support package, and, and our 29 and 3900 series tasks that we're training against uh, radar threats out there, all designed to help us prepare to fight in future highly contested environments uh, because Army Aviation in the lower tier of the air domain is decisive. And we know that we have the uh, tactics, techniques, and procedures to be both survivable and decisive in those environments. So as always in Army Aviation, we have to focus on the fundamentals. And so while low-level flight is not new to Army Aviation, it is new to this generation of Army Aviation. And whenever we change the way we do business, we, there's a standard the way, way that we do that. We establish the standard and we train uh, so that we can execute that safely and competently and be able to accomplish the military mission for which it's designed. And so uh, this is just one piece of, of that attempt to get Army Aviation prepared for future operations against a, a higher end threat. And I would add, uh, this was a deliberate effort to to come up with a methodology that could be used in training and in combat. So what would I want the force to know about ERM is that you need to become proficient with this during your training and use the same exact design of the methodology in combat. Now, we're, we're extremely proud of Army Aviation, and we have proven that we can adapt to any situation uh, that we're provided with. We know, we know the, the conditions that uh, we're going to face in the future, and just like any other point in our history, Army Aviation is continuing to adapt to meet those threats in the future to, and safely train our aviators to be able to fight, survive, and win in those environments. Thank you for listening to this episode of the USACE 8, brought to you by the United States Army Aviation Center of Excellence.